I'm Marcus Brown. This is a Runner's Life podcast. This is a platform for richer conversations that explore the person behind the runner. I discuss the topics that influence us as runners locally, whilst concurrently connecting us to the wider global community. If you found value in the show, please subscribe and share with your community on social media and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or the platform selected as it helps the podcast grow. If you want to support my work directly, you can become a member on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a runner's life. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's head to the conversation. Hi, Ben. Welcome to a runner's life podcast. How are you getting on? Yeah, very good. Very good, Marcus. Uh, Yeah, lovely to catch up. And uh, yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Really looking forward to it. Thanks for coming on the show and for the purpose of the guest, really, and the people listening in, Ben and I, we actually went for a run earlier today. And ironically, even though this is a running podcast, I think you're the first person to actually invite me for a run uh, pre-interview, which is a cool thing. Some people can't do it logistically because we're in different countries. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really cool. Oh, no, it's, yeah, it's just a nice opportunity to get to know you a bit better. And I just thought, yeah, well, before we do this, it'd be really good to get up have a chat and make a proper connection where sometimes you can people podcasters record it and people go back on their lives and I was like I, I like making connections with people that will last longer than just a podcast or just an episode or something so a good opportunity to see the person behind everything that you've achieved as well which is really nice yeah that, that was really cool because I think, think for me because although I do the podcasts and the stuff on Instagram uh, I sort of classify myself as a confident introvert. So yeah. for me, like I would, if if I left my own devices, I would just be by myself. But I was just like, you, you know, you invite me out for a run. I was like, that's pretty cool. Why not do it? Because you just never know. <laughs> well, <laughs> you never know what's going to come out of it. Um, just having a yeah. chat with someone and going for a run. Because like you probably see yourself when you go for a run, just the mind goes in all sorts of places. And you never yeah. know what you're going to talk about. And then, um, yeah, it was just a really, and it was a lovely morning as well in Epping Forest. So, um, yeah. yeah, really nice to take advantage of British summertime, which doesn't last very long. But, yeah, good to, uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, good to take advantage. Yeah, it was good weather. And ironically, British people always talk about the weather. I don't know why that is, to be honest. But, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was good <laughs> weather. Just around the road, if you're laughing already. Uh, yeah, been on uh, well, about two minutes and already chatting about the sunshine. But it's so rare. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, true. You've got to chat about it when it's here. I agree. And can you tell me about your first run? I think because a lot of the time, sort of growing up, um, I didn't really run that much. I thought growing up in terms of like primary school, when you're like 10, 11, 12, I didn't really do any sort of running until then. Um, and I was just sorry, I just sort of starting to get into it a little bit then doing some cross country stuff. Uh, but I mainly played your cricket, football, rugby, every other sport apart from running. But they're all like team sports and I just wasn't really sort of gelling and playing some of the more like physical things like rugby, just being sort of battered around quite a lot. And I really enjoyed the cricket, but I couldn't really do that all the time because it's a summer sport. Um, So then just started running and just loved it because it was just me by myself, just that solace and isolation. Even when I was like 15, 16, I was just like, there's something in this. And I started to sort of realize that then Um, I just take myself away from life's troubles, which weren't really troubles so much at the time when you're that age, but um, stresses over work or girlfriends or all of that sort of thing. And just, just love going out 
on our school cross country course, we we had like a route that was set out, and you could just go whenever you wanted. And it was an excuse to get out of the more physical sports. So I found myself doing it really quite a lot, um, and then got selected to be in the team. And so then that was kind of the first time I realised. I was like, oh well, maybe there is a future in this weird sort of sport that's normally a punishment that isn't really viewed as a sport at all. But maybe I found my little place in school pretty much sorry so when you said the team are you talking about cross country yeah well we had a, a, a cross country team at school um that i don't i remember very little about it so it kind of been a very big thing it's probably just me and a few other people that didn't really fit in anywhere in any other sports um a bit like i always joke and this might be a bit offensive but people that like play something like badminton great sport but people normally go into it because they don't fit in other sports. And that was the kind of thing at school. And I felt that with running, it was just, I just kind of ended up there because I just wasn't really enjoying the other things and getting sort of not beaten up, but like come out black and blue from a game of rugby and thought this isn't really that much fun. So yeah, running, running was what I really enjoyed to do. And yeah, it didn't last very long to be fair <laughs> when I got into my early twenties and then started drinking and partying and all of that sort of thing it stopped but at the time uh, yeah that sort of early days I really really loved it I guess it's like a sense of freedom isn't it um without the times and the stuff that we look at now yeah like at the time I like I didn't even know like what a marathon was I didn't even know what like I obviously I know I probably might have known it was 26 miles and I probably knew that obviously like doing running a 400 was 400 meters but I didn't watch anything on TV. I knew I wouldn't be able to name a single like famous runner. This was pre like social media or anything really. So none of that existed. So it was just literally just putting on some shoes, any old shoes I could find and running. And then they were so simple, so pure, no phone to carry around, no music, no nothing. It was just me, probably just for like half an hour, just disconnecting from the whole world. And yeah, it's still pretty similar today, really, when I go out my runs. I mean, I've spoken to some other guests as well, and they've had a sort of similar experience where, you know, they enjoyed running in a, in the young age, and then they obviously had a period where they they stopped. Um, and then something happened in their life, and they're like, what did I really like doing? And running was the thing that, you know, sort of stepped out to them, which we'll jump into for your reasons for, for, for doing that. But I mean, yeah. that's the sort of impression I'm getting. I know I definitely hear that with a lot of people as well they're kind of it's it's always there but I guess when you're in your 20s and things running's not that cool like it, you're trying to impress yeah. like for me it was trying to impress girls get a girlfriend and you're like some stick thin little so, well not that little in height but like sort of really sort of thin guy got not much going for me very shy very like tuck myself away and I was like now I've got to like go to the gym lift weights you know be that kind of macho image that is portrayed in the media so much and that's kind of what I did through my 20s uh it was just all sort of yeah drinking partying working all hours of the day in regular sort of day job to earn as much money as I can to spend it all at the weekend <laughs> trying to chase after a lady I say like I was a complete womanizer I'm not at all but it was always that thing of of um you know sort of no one's going to be attracted to a really sort of stick thin sort of like yeah little running guy it just wasn't the coolest thing to be doing and um 
but it's all worked out okay in the end. No, no regrets. Yeah. I think we're all trying to find ourselves, aren't we? We're trying to put ourselves in these these places, and then so we sort of stop and ask ourselves the, the hard questions, and then it sort of comes quite not easily, but definitely uh, it it does come when it does. Come, yeah, it so, does, uh, and it takes a while to find your thing, and a, a lot of time. Yeah. When you're growing up through your teenage years and and in your twenties and things, you are searching for a lot of meaning in life. A lot of yeah, just what's this all about? And you've got to try a lot of things. I've tried so many things um, in life. Just started and shut down a few businesses and things, and um, been in different jobs and different sports. And eventually, yeah, ironically in a way, I've kind of returned to the thing I first sort of started with, that was yeah. made me the the happiest thing. Which is quite common. It's like when you go Christmas shopping, you you find yeah. something after two minutes, then you go around the whole shopping centre and come back and bought that first thing you saw. You're like, what's the, what's the point of all of that? <laughs> it's kind of like my running journey, really. It's like getting a takeaway, isn't it? You you know you look at what you usually get. You think, now I'm going to get that today. You look at the whole menu and you're like, yeah. no, I was going to get what I usually get. <laughs> yeah, just, just stuck stuck with that. Yeah, I, I mean, you spoke about obviously, you know, trying different things. And when we ran today, you spoke about you, you know, you're tr- um, you're a good golfer, and I think you want to go for that at some point. But um, it wasn't the right fit for you. Can you explain why that was? What you sort of felt you didn't have that connection with it? Um, I was, I never know if I was better at golf at my best or better at running when I was at my best. But they would have been fairly similar. I mean, I got down to a scratch handicap, which is all right, and it. At that level, I could have turned professional in terms of teaching the game. I would never have been able to earn a living playing it, um, sort of for prize money and things. Um, but I didn't get out of bed in the morning and think, I really can't wait to go and play golf today. I loved it. I still what, probably watch and like digest more golf content than running content, bizarrely, still these days. Um, and I had sort of the talent for it to a certain extent, but it just didn't... It, it, I did get a fire inside me. Nothing really lit up. I'd go and play golf and it would be fine. There was just nothing there. There was just no excitement. Where, whereas with running, I just, this, it's just so, I don't know, so emotional. So it just means so much. Every time I go out for a run, I just go to this place and it just feels amazing. Whether you're just going for an easy 10K little jog or whether you're on the start line of a London Marathon, I just get this feeling of just like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And I've just never really felt that with anything else. I guess like humans, like the whole sort of born to run type thing and standing on a start line of a race, a big herd of people about to go off on an epic journey together, sometimes through the mountains, sometimes on the roads. It's just such a beautiful thing. And it connects with how our ancestors would have felt 100, 200, however a thousand odd years ago um it's an it's that sort of awesome sort of feeling that i get that all the time and it just never really happened with any other sport um it's like a freedom, have you found that Again. with your running like because obviously you know tried a few different things but running's what what you sort of do most more than anything i suppose in your spare time um it's an interesting question i don't think i ever started off really loving running to be honest uh it's probably I've actually enjoyed it more as I've got more into it because I think I was asking the wrong questions. I was looking at trying to get certain times or it's really common. Yeah. Because so, so many people come into it just to run times and I've never been about running times. Like it's just a happy 
result of going for a lot of runs and enjoying yeah. the training that you can probably end up running quite well. Um, but yeah, I think people that come into it just with, I want to run a 30 minute 5k at park run. And then I want to run a 28 minute and then I, want to, and I just, it's all about the time and it's, yeah, it's not it's a very good road to go down. It's, it's just not sustainable because but at a yeah. certain point, you're not going to be running 12 and a half minutes for a park run racing Mo Farah. Like there will be a point where you'll reach your limit. Um, and then you end up looking around thinking, well, what's this all about now? Um, yeah. But there's so much more to running than, than just those times. But that's the water cooler chat, the pub chat. When you meet someone that's not a runner, they want to know what's your marathon time. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is. It's just about a balance between all different things and running. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I, just to caveat a bit more, I mean, I started out for that sort of reason, running away uh, from myself, I think, to, to, and I was using running as a tool to, you know, trying to fill myself up. Um, and I remember the breaking point for me was when I ran the Berlin Marathon and I was trying to break sub four the first time. I think I ran about 404. And I was yeah. just like so gutted afterwards. I was just like, forget this so I didn't run for several years not until I got uh, a London ballot place um, and it took me a while to actually discover what I loved about running um, it probably didn't really hit me until I did Boston 2018 when I completed it I was just like all the things that you've been looking for you know externally you, you've already got yeah and from then it sort of clicked and then you and it was almost like running was asking myself asking a question of myself um, that I've, I guess I've been always looking to answer. You know, the questions come in different ways and the answers come in different ways, but it's almost like a path to self-discovery, um, especially that when you're thinking and uh, what you're thinking about. And... Well, running has so many like highs and lows for what you go yeah. through on a, on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a monthly basis, however you look at it. It's a complete roller coaster ride and it, it doesn't half teach you a lot of like good life lessons as well um and it's yeah. like you've seen there you wanted that goal nothing wrong with wanting that goal but you didn't hit it and then you've got to pick yourself back up from that and um yeah. and, and go again you know and you've just got through you know four hours four minutes of really tough work and in your your initial thing is that wasn't good enough <laughs> and in fact yeah. it was an amazing achievement to get around a marathon it's, and so few people actually do ever run a marathon um but yeah we always strive yeah. to be wanting more i suppose but yeah, it's interesting because I, so, also... I first did the London Marathon when I was 18 and yeah. I ran in very similar, four hours and two minutes. But I had no idea if that was good or bad. I, I just <laughs> just crossed the start line and four hours yeah. later I finished. I, I had no idea. I, I had no goal. I just couldn't. I just got to the finish line. And I think I've just never had that sort of time goal. Like it's just, well, I just get there as fast as I can and it is what it is. And then. Have you not had that yeah. though? Because I. Even with, when I was in the early days of my marathons, like people would be running, and people who even didn't run, they'd be like, "Surely sub four was a good time." I think everyone has had it. I was, like, I, I was eighteen to, years old. I was eighteen years old doing London, and it was, I was still in school. I was in sixth form, and yeah. <laughs> just I literally no idea. I just entered it because <laughs> it was again. This is going to sound like a meet woman. I was at to impress a lady because um, I thought that was cool. I was like, I'm going to go up to London, run around the streets of London, and run a marathon. That's like what proper like men do like adults really grown up sort of thing to do um yeah. and yeah i mean it didn't work out with the girl but <laughs> but yeah so sort of love the love the whole experience of it and achieving something that just seemed impossible to me it was like something that other people did 
and I was like, I've just run a marathon. Like that's incredible. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think we all feel that at some point when it's all settled down. If you don't hit your goal, it's like just take a step back and realize how amazing that is what you've just done. And I don't think yeah, many absolutely. people do that. They get to the finish line and it's like, oh god, that doesn't work. It's like, Next. just think what you're doing. How many people on this planet could never do that? And you're way yeah. ahead of so many other people. Um, but yeah, I it's think all it's good sort fun. of getting that balance between like the external and the internal goals. And I think we've both had experiences of it in different ways. Like for me, I've put a lot of focus on the externals, which is nothing wrong with having an external goal. But I think at the end of the day, you need some sort of internal drive, some internal why to sort of drive that external goal. Because if it's just about sub four, then that's not enough, especially when it's a really bad winter's day. And yeah. although in a different level, what you talked about, you know, it was, you know, running to impress some other people and not in a, like a deep and meaningful way, but just, it wasn't purely all about yourself. So until I think more now, you'd probably look at it and be like, no, it's more about what you feel, what you get from it rather than, because it's a completely different person to then to you are now. Yeah. Oh, I've changed quite a lot over the years and we've all got a different reason that we run. And it, you need something to spare you on to get out the door each day. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it is really hard to get out the door each day and we need some sort of driving motivation there. And wherever we get that from, it doesn't really matter whether it's you wanting to run a great time or you just want to go and get fit and healthy. You want to lose a bit of weight. You just want to look better. You just want to get a new hobby. There's so many different reasons for running. Um, well, yeah, meet, yeah. like meeting new friends. There's just so many different things. Um, but it's just so accessible. Like you've just got to yeah. kind of get a pair of shoes and go out the door and you can run whenever, wherever, like wherever you are in the world um, and just go for a run. Like it's the most accessible sport ever, really. You don't need any equipment. It's just, just you and the road in front of you and it's a battle. <laughs> but, and then after everyone, you feel pretty damn good. Like, unless you've got an in- injury or an injury, but <laughs> um but yeah it's uh where do you where do you sort of get that motivation from and sort of or is it hard hard to say sometimes like what what gets you out the door in the morning oh it it changes i think it's kind of what you sort of said i've got different motivations i just don't like the word motivations because i just don't think motivation is enough i've got different reasons why i run yeah you know some are internal some are for like family kids and wife and things like that um, and it's all these different things or people that you knew that meant something to you or something you're trying to reveal about yourself. I suppose or, you touch on it like with your kids and sorry to interrupt, but like with your children and kids and they can see their dad going out there and achieving something, which is really hard in most people's work because children have no idea. But they yeah. can see like their dad going out and training and getting fitter and entering a race and achieving and it's like really inspiring for children as they grow up to see it's such a such an easy thing for a child to work out with what's going on and what hard work can get for you and great life lessons you can pass down to your children um, yeah exactly and they're always watching i mean even my my kids i mean they see it and like my daughter like copies like get up in the morning to run she's like she does the the running motion which is okay. quite nice so uh, uh <laughs> But yeah, it's what they see. So um, no, it's a good thing. And actually, one thing we spoke about in our run was motivation or the reasons why you run. Um, and we were speaking about your 225 marathon and yeah. the motivation that you got to to run that. Can you speak a little bit more about that? 
But I set myself this goal of trying to run a 2.28 marathon, which it seems like an odd time. And people always say, why don't you just run under 2.30? But I had, um, oh, it's a bit awkward to chat about, but it was like, basically I encountered this uh, person at the time who wasn't that nice to me about, and about what I was doing and building a business and, and everything and everything I was trying to achieve. And he sort of said some not very nice things about me and wished me every unsuccess in the world and all of this. Um, and the 228 comes out of something that we had in a conversation with that. Sorry, I have to be a bit cryptic. I don't want to get people in trouble. Um, yeah. But that's where that kind of came from. And it was just the real sort of motivation day in, day out to get out and just prove someone wrong and prove that I was that good, that I wasn't just a complete nobody trying to come in and just, because you do see that a lot. And I see it a lot now, just, I just set up as a running coach and build a nice website and, you know, and create an Instagram profile and tell everybody I'm a coach. And it was always just like, but I'm more than that. And it's like, whatever, that's what everybody says, but I would just go out and prove it. And to get to run that time was just about proving that, I was more than just I can take a nice picture and I can and I can just build a website type thing and there was a lot more substance behind all of that and that kind of all came out in that time of training for Valencia and it was just constantly trying to prove the doubters wrong that actually I'm not going to listen to you and I'm going to do this job and I'm going to disrupt the coaching business or whatever I'm going to do it better than you've ever done and I'm going to build something that's a really great business out of this and that that was kind of a lot of the motivation that came through um and yeah you could you can kind of live with those things every day and i visualize myself constantly running down in valencia you run across this like big sort of lake type thing at the end all on these wooden boards and i'd done it the year before and i knew what it was like and i just could visualize myself running down that thing the time on the board beating what that person said i could never do and yeah it was just so much motivation to get there and do that and every time I go out for a run and think about this I get these heart rate spikes on my run of just how like much it meant to me if I was just going out for an easy run I'm just thinking about this in my head and look at my watch and it's like 160 beats a minute and then I'd think of something else that would drop right back down like it just meant that much to me and yeah you've kind of got to have that sort of driving force to get out there and and prove the doubt is wrong because everybody's got people jealous people whatever in their life telling them they can't do things and i don't have anything about that anymore i've been been there done that um yeah and now just carry on doing what we do really it's interesting what you talked about when you had that sort of that spike in your heart rate because sometimes when i'm training i might think of something you know uh, you know a goal for a race or something's happened in a previous race and it sort of motivates you for that second you're just like chill the f out because i'm in a easy run yeah like when you say and it happens all the time because rarely in life do we have a heart rate monitor on other than when we're running and yeah. i was right i was out on this run uh, it was a while ago probably about a year ago and i was out with sarah and i just stopped i don't know why i had to stop for some sort of reason and she ran on and i was catching her back up again and then this guy just appeared and ran alongside her and was like chatting her up he, had, he didn't have a top on he had a six pack and everything I could see from behind and my heart rate just went up like 180 beats a minute I've never told, showed Sarah the data um not that I was trying to catch up I was just like this rate I was like get away from my girlfriend yeah <laughs> and it was just quite interesting you can see so much about emotions when you've got a heart rate <laughs> monitor on 
That's right. Sometimes <laughs> you can go out and just feel not that great. If you've got so much on your mind, you de-stress yeah. through the run and your just heart rate just drops and drops and drops out the run just as you sort life's problems out. So how did that run end then? The sort of that guy in the end. Oh no, I were... caught up, and then he like got a bit sort of awkward and, and ran on. Um, Fair enough. But uh, yeah, it's a, a fun time. But um, it's like, yeah, what are you doing, type thing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But that was interesting. You, we talk about yeah, how the heart the heart rate can spike up <laughs> during the runs and what, what causes it. Yeah. Um, and I know you talked about you know the experience that motivation, and uh, this is not fishing for information because. You know, I've had some tractors out there, and as as you've had, um, and in the beginning, I would just respond back to these people and just like give them what for, and it never really really end well because I'd always end up getting the person like getting kicked out of the Facebook groups or whatever, yeah. or people have unfollowed you and blocked you for whatever reason. And um, someone sort of shared this quite great quote with me uh, by uh, George Bernard Shaw: "Never wrestle with pigs. You both get dirty, and the pig likes it." <laughs> and it's sort of stuck with me ever since really so I always think just don't respond um, and you've had a lot of exposure just through the work that you're doing especially on Instagram and your other social profiles from YouTube etc I mean now how do you sort of deal with you know the odd kind of negative comment on just uh, that sort of experience it's it is it's so true what people say like you could have a hundred positive comments and then the one negative one is the one that sticks with you all night and gives you that sleepless night um, as you're just toying with it over and over again. And you, it's a, it's a, such a sad situation whereby most people say, if you put yourself out there, you've got to be prepared to take it. Like people say that about like whatever it is, celebrities, people that go on reality shows or Love Island or Big Brother, that sort of thing. You've just got to take it. And the abuse they get is just, just horrific. Um, but you do have to kind of, that is true to a certain extent. And I don't get very much at all, really. Um, and some people are unfortunately, I don't know, a bit disturbed, a bit jealous. They're just looking for a rise. They just want a reaction. Um, and yeah, it's normally just a case of just block and delete, which is really satisfying because then it's like, they're not going to see any more of my content now. They're not going to be, they can't benefit from any of my content or the helpful stuff I put out there. They can't get access to it or whatever anymore and i just so normally i don't even finish reading what they've said as soon as i think this is a bit dodgy i just like hit the block and delete button and then it's gone but yeah certainly when i first started doing it it's it's hard and then my girlfriend sarah's just started her youtube channel she's only two videos in and the reason she's taken so long she's been trying to do this for two years is because of the fear of someone's going to say something that she's not going to be able to recover from and it's it's really sad and that's just the world we live in. But we don't go near Twitter because <laughs> Twitter is, is a pretty bad place at the best of time. Um, yeah, it's pretty and, toxic. And most of the stuff I get now is just a, it's just more a bit weird than than bad <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't really want to go there. But um, <laughs> yeah, we had oh, the other day, other day was people are very obsessed with my hair for some reason. And I yeah. don't really know why, because I don't talk about it that much, because it's normally under a hat. I think it's normally a bit of a surprise. I've got quite a lot of hair <laughs> hidden under my hat. And I've had people <laughs> then message. I tagged my hairdresser in an Instagram stories once, and then he had a couple of messages sent to him on Instagram saying, can you cut Ben's hair in this in this way? And I, oh, that's a bit <laughs> weird. <laughs> it's, like, it's very odd. 
Yeah. Um, and so yeah, you do get you do get some some odd messages, but there's plenty of odd people out there. But they're all harmless yeah. in their own sort of weird and wonderful way. Um, if running, if anything, this has taught me, it's just there's so many, like yeah, amazing people out there, and 99.9 percent of them are amazing, and you've just got to try your best to focus on that, and just 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 block out the other little bits. Um, but yeah, it's it's it is difficult at times. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, when I think about the the benefits that I've gained from the running community, it definitely outweighs the neg- negatives. And the way I look at it is that even if you stayed small you know, you'd still have those attractors in another area of your life anyway, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's always someone that, the point? that's a bit jealous, will want, want what you've got, they'll want the car that you're driving, the house that you're living in, the family setup that you've got, whatever it is, the bike, the, like, normally it's like material things, and unfortunately, when you look at life online, it does look a little bit perfect, it's not, and I try and show people as much of the bad stuff as I can, Um and yeah, that is always the danger, especially with like the likes of Instagram and things. It's just, it's just a highlights reel, and people do need to realise that. But for youngsters growing up, and you, you know, your children, in, in sort of when they're teenagers and things, it's going to be a very hard time um, dealing with the way social media is going, um, and yeah. having all these images of perfection, and no life looks like that. <laughs> it's just it doesn't. Um, and I try, you know, as much as I can on my stories. I don't post on Instagram that much because I, specifically because I don't like it. I like Instagram stories because that's like, that is kind of just what you're up to every day, the little bits and pieces. But just one photo saying, look at this, how amazing am I, is 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 difficult, really, um, I suppose. But, yeah, so I don't do too much posting just single images. But with video and things through YouTube, you can convey a lot more of what's going on in your life. Um, so I think it's kind of a better medium, really. But I guess being devil's advocate, though, I mean, people wear different masks, don't they? And Instagram is just another way to sort of show one aspect of your personality. And I know there's the argument about whether people are being real or not. You know, maybe they are, maybe they're not. Maybe they don't even know themselves that they're not being real. I think but for the like... Got... Sorry, carry on. I keep interrupting. Um, and then it, I was just thinking as well, when you sort of go to the other side, you know, then you've got the people that want to be overly real and share everything and... That's why I'm a bit conscious about showing my family stuff because I feel like, you know, sometimes you've got to hold something back. You know, if you share everything, then you've got everything to lose. Yeah. And they haven't been that... asked to be put on Instagram either. So why should I have to share everything? Yeah. And I don't share any family stuff. I never talk about family or anything really. Yeah. My parents or my sisters or anything, they've never been in any content. And that's, I never would ask them to be in any content unless they really specifically wanted to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to be very careful about what you share. Like people that do the day, like daily vlogs and stuff on YouTube, I don't know how they've got the work, the time to do it. But yeah, sharing, yeah. sharing every little part of your life. I would like to share more. I always want to share more, but there is a, a kind of a limit to what you can do before you just have a complete breakdown. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And you need to keep a little bit back. A little, keep people, people, stay curious. Keep your audience curious about what's going on, sort of thing um yeah, but yeah totally the agree. likes of you know myself and you a little bit older a little more grown up you can appreciate what instagram or whatever what these things are really like and you, you've got the wise years behind you to know what it's like but yeah it's just the youngsters and i get messages um all the time from people that are under 18 asking for advice and things and there's only so much i can do i re- very generic replies back to people like that 
Um, but yeah, you have a big impact on people. It's something I really have to be very conscious of. Um, just today, I sent some 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 person bought a hat off me for their eight year old son. I'm like an eight year old is sitting watching my videos. Like that is that's yeah. pressure. We have a lot of people that watch the videos that are under the age of eighteen, and you really watch what it's all family viewing, <laughs> no swearing. Um, yeah. But yeah, that sort of pressure. Um, to be out there and be a role model, which is which is hard at times. But yeah, it's like you don't start off to be that, but then you know, as you get more traction, people look up to you. Um, it's not a bad thing. Um, but no. then you said it, it's a it's a good pressure if that's a good thing. I guess it's a good pressure. Yeah, it's it's yeah. With this whole thing, we never never started out. I never thought it would ever get to anything like this. You have to pinch yourself at times. Ultimately, you do it because you enjoy running. And when I think back to my Instagram page, that's what I was doing. I was basically sharing what I enjoyed about running without having to bore my non-running friends on Facebook about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and it of... is just kind of sharing what I kind of, there's many reasons why I started doing what I was doing, but I guess there was a bit of a, a gap in the market, I felt, for someone that was just on there, sort of just sharing their like sort of experiences and what was working for them wasn't wasn't and sharing their sort of journey and their rise sort of building rise not in like status but rise in times and performances and things growing um yeah. and there wasn't that much there on on youtube there was plenty of people kind of doing it on instagram um and so yeah i kind of thought that was a good sort of space to try and get into um yeah and it's kind of worked all right so far touch wood you've recently returned from an injury and listening to like recent podcasts uh, uh, you're quite philosophical about how to look at it as an opportunity to learn and you know share it with other runners in terms of like what they could do in terms of how to return from injury um, yeah. which kind of makes sense um, but obviously you know running so crucial to what you're doing i mean can you sort of talk about how you developed your mindset not to focus on the negatives but kind of turn it into your favor at the same time i think essentially i there's always a story to tell and i love trying to tell stories essentially <laughs> like i don't i can't sort of say i'm like a, a proper like author or type of people telling that sort of stories but just telling the story of life and what you're going through and sharing that journey with people that and that's the good and the bad stuff and and that bad stuff doesn't really get shared and I suppose it was an opportunity to take people into like really how I was feeling and what I was going through because let's be honest runners go through injuries all the time it's unfortunately part of being a runner is getting your shin splints your plantar fasciitis your your calf strains whatever it is people go through this all the time it's just part of the sport we do it's a very like weight bearing a lot of stress and strain on the body injuries do happen um and when you look on some of the other social media platforms it's just people smiling looking how how good is life and then they get injured it goes blank for a bit and then they come back again and nobody ever really talked about what they're going through taking people into a hospital and like having chats with your physio and things and i just think there was just an opportunity there so i just used the whole thing as an opportunity just to take people like behind the scenes a little bit um and again there's only so much i could really sort of share and crying on camera although i wasn't crying on camera for my own situation i was crying on camera for the the amazing staff at the nhs hospital 
like picking me up off the ground off the street literally and and fixing me and putting me back out there to do what I love to do and I'd be forever indebted to the people that were on duty and the surgeon and stitch me back up again um so yeah it was just an opportunity to share share that and whether that's sharing it to run a great fast time or sharing it to see how you've come back I don't really view those as very different things it's just about inviting people into your life and sharing the story and there's a, there's a story to be told and so I was very worried at the start that I might never be able to run properly again and they weren't good times <laughs> but and then I kind of had the surgery and things kind of got a bit back a bit better again and then I was like yeah I think people want to follow you as a person in the journey you're on they're not following me just because I've run a 225 marathon and if I can't do that again they're going to go and follow somebody else they're following you because you're genuine you're authentic and you're taking people through everything that you're going through so it I didn't see it as anything had really changed to be honest it was just like yeah it just that's just the next part yeah. of the story it's just about being a runner it's about getting rehabbed and about getting fit again about dealing with being really 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 unfit <laughs> compared to where you were um which everybody goes through but people don't seem to really talk about that much um so yeah. And it goes back to what you talk about being authentic to yourself and just not trying to show the highlight, the highlight reel. Um, because, you know, going through these difficult moments, like you say, people don't really want to talk about it. It's generally, look at this amazing pace that I hit. And then when they get injured or whatever, you know, it just goes quiet or you don't hear from them. Or Yeah, and it's hard. I don't know why I find it quite easy. I never start, I never broke down. I was like, I'm going to have a breakdown. I'm going to have a breakdown. I knew going to have a break something's going to all come out and it never did i never it was just like this is where we're at you got to deal with it and and it will be fine and you'll be okay and i never had any any anybody doubt me i've surrounded myself with really good people like my physio having sarah in my life um like massage therapist and i couldn't get access to a lot of this stuff unfortunately with the whole lockdown thing but they were at the end of a phone, people to chat to, people to get advice from. You surround yourself by good people that are saying positive things, not just to cheer you up, but just saying, right, this is what we're doing. You're going to get back. It's going to be fine. And putting plans in place and having a structure there, then you know, things, will get, things will get better far quicker than you think they can. Like We all need structure in our life. And suddenly I'd lost all my structure because it was all based around how I could run every day. So that was a bit of a shock. But then you just get your new structure comes in with strength, mobility work. Even if it's sitting on the sofa with your leg raised up in the air, you can't even get yourself to the bathroom to go to the loo. It's like, okay, now I'm reading. Now I'm answering emails. Now whatever I'm doing, I'm creating a blog article. I'm recording a video. And you just put that structure back in your life. Um, then then you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's obviously, there are some injuries that are obviously far, far worse than others and what people are going through, but I just never saw it as being that bad. It was just something we can just work work through, get the structure in place and build from again, I guess. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense about having structure because like we all have that sort of moment where things are getting real and you're just like, wow, and then you're having that sort of weird place and then you kind of recenter, and it's like, okay, cool. What can I do to refocus? What can I do to reground? Because I was going to ask you about like the challenges that you face, um, especially uh, you know doing a running focused business and then getting the injury. I know you talked about it being quite hard, um, 
But did you feel any more sort of pressure at this time because you've got so much more on the line? Whereas it's not like you, you, you know, you do it as a hobby and then you're like, okay, go back to my day job, you know, working for yourself or in a, for someone else. Um, because you are. My initial thing was, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like when it first happened, I was like, honestly, who is going to want to watch my story now for the next six months of somebody that can barely walk, let alone run? What else is there to me if people, but that didn't last too long. It was a super weird day that it happened because in the afternoon I was listening to a podcast from absolute years ago. Um, and I don't know why I really started listening to it. It was on a very, the podcast doesn't even exist anymore. And I was just like, it was a kind of a running podcast. I went on a really old podcast. I saw someone's name pop up and I was like, I listened to their podcast, the, the interview part of that podcast. Um, and it was super weird because that person had broken their ankle and they were talked about how they'd lost all of their social media, not all of their social media, a lot of their social media following because people just weren't bothered about them anymore. They were a professional athlete. And I was listening to that podcast the same day on my long run that then I broke my ankle. And so immediately I was thinking that's super freaky for a start. Um, but then the same thing's going to happen to me again. So, but I guess if you just don't choke yourself away, as hard as that is at, at the time and talk about it and people engage with it. Um, there's a runner I kind of know really through Instagram at the moment had a horrific accident, a, a lady called Kim, um, uh, she's based up in uh, near Durham um, and she's she was kind of off social media for a while because she wasn't really enjoying it and now she's come back because she had this injury and she's using not social media to, to but just to tell that sort of story of what she's going through and people are not loving it in the way that it's a horrific thing to happen to but just so people being so open and honest because it's so rare that people do talk about their injuries and what they're going through when they're at their absolute worst um and yeah i guess people can take some motivation out of that in a weird in a weird sort of way but to help them out on their own journey yeah and i was thinking even when we run marathons because you think the lessons are there you know the, you know we really got it because you know you run a, a marathon or a race there's always going to be a moment that challenges that makes you think oh how bad you want it or you know challenging and you're always problem solving on the run you know you're never just like okay well this has happened now I'm just going to stop my my watch and I'm going to you know come back tomorrow it's just like no you've got to carry on you've got to figure yeah. it out yeah you've got to yeah it's like a lot of problem solving here. I mean no one's ever going to run a marathon it's going to be fine <laughs> just like a walk in the park from the start to the finish um there are challenges and life life throws all sorts of challenges at you you know and I'd luckily lived 36 years without ever breaking a bone, without ever having an operation. I'd never even taken a paracetamol in my life. Um, I'd never been injured. I've never been sick. I've never had anything happen to me. And I'm like, I should be so freaking grateful to get to this stage that I've managed to get away. And now I've just had an accident that people do day in, day out. Like it's such a common thing. Um, and just get over that and, and crack on with life again. And, feeling very very lucky that it wasn't it could have been far worse I could have fallen off the skateboard and cracked my head open or broken my back there's so many other things that could have happened and I'm just sort of always look on the bright side very positive um and yeah I could have just stepped off the skateboard and nothing would have happened but then I wouldn't have had this story to sort of tell I wouldn't have had I'd be a different person and I'm quite happy with where we are at the moment 
Yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. And you know, one of the things that I'm inspired with you is just your marathon journey from you know over four hours down to you know two twenty five. Um, and it kind of reminds me of the book uh, Endure Mind, Body and the Curiosity Elastic Limits of Human Performance by Dr. Alex Hutchinson. Um, and basically one of the key reoccurring themes throughout the book is just the question of whether an individual physical limits are set by their body or by their brain. And I'm just sort of curious. I mean, when you were sort of chipping down the times, how fixed were you to just the time goals or were you just open just to being the best that you could be and sort of letting things happen as they should? Um, I need to get, you mentioned this book earlier when we were out on our run and I haven't read it, but I, I would, I certainly be looking it up on the internet later and, and get it, get it into the basket and ordered. Um, but yeah, I suppose, like you say, we weren't, I wasn't really that focused on the times. I, I think it's, it's just good to be focused on if you are going to be focused on times, if you set focus on times for a certain part of your year or your season, however you're looking at it, and then have real like downtime between that when you're just just kind of just running easy, just doing whatever you want, and then you can build yourself up for the next cycle. And so many people just feel like you've always got to be pushing, always getting fitter, always getting stronger, always and just never have that downtime between it. So yeah, I go and get motivation myself to try and run a great marathon time. And then like after that, I'll take a month off. Not a month off and not running, but just like just running when I want, doing what I want, eating what I want and just doing that. Because then you're going to be really motivated to go back out and get back in shape again. Because, yeah, it's like a whatever. Run, running's a roller coaster. And, and fitness is a bit like that as well. You can't just keep getting fitter and fitter and fitter. You have to have downtime between it all. Um, and in terms of like, where the limits come from and like the mind it's like it's all meant running is all mental i think running is all mental because there's nothing special about my body right? um, for what i've been able to do but i've managed to train my mind in a pretty decent way and overcome that like central governor system like positive visualization putting yourself in the hurt locker through sessions through doing a lot of races and putting yourself yeah where it hurts and staying there and when it comes to race day it's all just like it's all just been a dress rehearsal for the real thing you just got to go out and enjoy that final run really you know i've done all this before i've hurt more than i'm going to be hurting today and just just go out there and get it done um but yeah there's so much to running in the mind i don't think we understand so little about it i've just been seeing a new physio recently and just about how i've subconsciously been running in a different way to protect myself but allow myself to run and my subconscious is altering my form and it's like tapping into your subconscious to correct those sort of things it's not just about do this strength work it's like retraining the brain to run properly again and it's like we just don't understand so much of it um but yeah if you can get yourself with the right sort of brain training and be able to deal with suffering then you can become a pretty good runner because there's lots of times during the race when you the easy option is to stop and step off the side of the road or just i just slow down a bit and actually running three hours and five minutes is still good that's fine but yeah like digging deep in a race is pretty tough but you can train yourself to get better at it and talking of the training side i mean i'm sort of thinking you know people talk about you know mental techniques or visualization which i i guess does help for sure but I, I still feel that most of that mental training that you talked about, I might be put words in your mouth, 
probably comes from the years and years of actually doing the work doing the training oh yeah like definitely um and i've run i don't know how many marathons i've run about 80 so or so and I, there's a stage in my life where i was just doing them every weekend you could just have a whole circuit of just doing marathons every weekend and i wasn't trying to race them all i was just trying to put myself in a, like an experience that i can learn from and think what did i take out of that run today like i've just run 42 whatever k and what what are the takeaways from that? What am I going to take away and do change in the next run? Um, and just learning to, you know, the hardest part of any marathon really is that last 10K, that last six miles, when it really, really hurts. And you just got to, if you can overcome that, you can overcome when the muscles are screaming at you, when you're like running out of energy and everything is just telling you to stop. If you can start to overcome that, you can really like make some some pretty serious gains in what you're doing. But yeah, it's all, a lot of it is just my that mind over matter thing. It's very hard to like just teach, but it's about yeah, just putting yourself in the situation as often as you can. So when it happens on race day, it's kind of second nature, really. Um, yeah, because it's always painful. I mean, I guess the pain that people feel is just generally the same throughout. But it's just like how you, it's that moment when it ha- hits you, like how you react to it. Because initially, your first reaction is going to be like, stop, stop, what, what are you doing? So it means this hurts to stop. And I guess the more you do it, the more you just like... Yeah, well, okay. the more you do it, then the more you can kind of almost like block it out on race day. Like when I've run some of my best times, I can honestly, hand on heart, say it didn't really hurt. Not like hurt, like you can get some real pain in other things in your life. Like it was just in this beautiful like zen flow state. And I can't really remember much about what happened in the day, but I was just so utterly confident about what I was doing. It was like just utter belief about it to get to the end of whatever it is it's not always about running a fast time it's just about having that belief that you will get your goal done for that day um and it feels pretty good but yeah like it's just through repetitive experience to what you're trying to do um through training and through just yeah life and speaking to people and learning lessons from them as well yeah and sticking on the theme of running fast and you know pushing to your goals and you know being in that uncomfortable place I mean in those moments where we are essentially asking questions to ourselves um and I think we're essentially stripping away like the non-essentials of you know who we are and I mean what sort of questions do you think running makes you ask of yourself in those sort of moments when you're really trying to go for those PRs I guess that gets back to the whole sort of why and why why are we doing all of this and I guess that just comes from me of just wanting to see how far I can succeed at something and how like have I got a talent or where do my talents lie and I'm getting on a bit now kind of running out of time but it's like I just want to put my absolute all into something whether that's running the business like coaching people to achieve their times or my times I'm not really that bothered I just want to when I look back and I'm like, however old, 80 odd years old, and just look back and think, I gave that 100%. And that's kind of the why. And that's what I've done now. I've stripped a lot of stuff out of my life. So I can just concentrate on a few key things to just do them as best as I possibly can. So I don't have any regrets. Because no one wants to get later on in life when it's like, I wish I'd done that, or why didn't I do this? And I've done that for too much of my life, really. And so... Yeah, 
and it's as I say, it's not really so much about the times, but it's just about wanting to feel like I've just given it my all, really. Um, I guess it, knowing yourself a lot better for sure. Yeah, and understanding, yeah, like understanding myself as a person, and you get so much of that when you're going out for a run. I mean, I, I'm looking at races potentially for the next few years that are 200 miles plus long, like, and move into that sort of world uh, where you'll be running through the night up and down mountains and the race has got like a, a seven day time limit and it's like it's non-stop so you've got to pro you know you've got to have sleep sleep rest and tactical things like that and so I'm always kind of developing where the running is going to take me I know I could who you know, fingers crossed I might break 220 in Valencia at the end of the year but then I'll move on to the next sort of thing I'm not I, I I don't think I could really get much faster than that I think that's kind of is a little bit of the ceiling and then it will move on to some other sort of goals and that might be yeah how how long can I possibly physically run for like 200 miles 250 miles I don't know I don't know <laughs> lots of questions that need answering um it'll be pretty fun trying to find find out I mean, essentially, it seems like, and a lot of people can relate this, like they're trying to be their best self. And it seems like you're looking to be your best self because you've spoken about in, in other interviews I've looked at, you know, when you were th- when you were in your early 30s, I mean, you had this need to try and you know, be good at something and you, you just didn't want to be coasting along and being average, which is why you kind of made the decision to do what you're doing today. Um, give yourself the best opportunity, like you said, have, strip everything away that's non-essential. Yeah, focus on what you're good at keep those those core things so if you look back at that person say in your 20s and 30s and you look looking from the point where you are now i mean do you feel you're getting closer to what your best looks like because you never it's never yeah because i guess there's never a point where it's a finish line but do you feel like you're further along in that journey um i think things are, are certainly a lot better but that's probably just come from age as i said i've had various businesses that I've started and have failed I've tried so many different sports and I've luckily now to be settled on something running that I'm achieving okay at like I'm not so far away from being the best in my sport um but yeah I'm achieving some success and 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 with the other side of the parts of things that we do achieving some success there as well so this is kind of the first thing I've started myself and has gained a little bit of traction um so yeah we I'm definitely finding things are going a little bit better but like you I think that just comes you just get older a little bit wiser you realize what's what's more important you kind of think life's short like you know potentially like halfway through my life if I don't if nothing too bad happens and yeah you just kind of really got to make the most of it to travel to see the world whatever that your thing is just just make the most of it like we love to travel um go away to races, meet people, experience different cultures, different ways of doing things and just learning and constantly changing how our view on the world is, um, which we haven't really managed to do that much at the moment with the whole lockdown thing. Um, but yeah, I don't, not really striving for successes in money or successes in times, but just to success as being a better person and understanding people understand how the world works and how things work and connecting with more people and that's kind of how I view how successful we are and we're very lucky now we can connect with a lot of people and they can give us such lovely feedback and things that they they do 
Um, and yeah, it's amazing when you can create a product, put it on a website and someone will say, I'll give you 25 pounds for that. And that is just amazing feeling to then put that in a box and post it off to them. And then they'll go on your website and they'll leave you a five star review. I really love that. And I love what you're doing. That is utterly priceless. But the money can't put, the money can't give you something like that. I don't think um, that you could change someone's life in a very small way. I'm not trying, to, not trying to claim to be anything more than I am, but yeah, to have a little effect on someone's life is, is an amazing responsibility to have, but it just, it, it does feel very, 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 very cool at times. I'm very, very lucky to be able to be in that situation. Because I was thinking about like what success means to you. And I know you've sort of touched upon it in that previous answer. On one hand, you can look at it as in terms of like the times and you're like, you're getting down to, you know, sub 220 and then, that level you're in you're already in like sub elite elite level do you know what I mean uh you're knocking on that door and it's just like how far do you push it or how far do you want to push it or you know what's left what's available for you to maybe get further because some get to that level and there's like you know it's still slow but they're slow as in comparison to you know the kipchoge's and you know <laughs> yeah the, the world and so everyone's always looking sideways uh but then the other hand you've talked about you know um you know helping and being of service i guess in, in other ways so I mean, what does sort of success look like to you, like at the moment? Just when, like, you're in an event and someone will come over and just say, "Can I just shake your hand?" They can't do that right now, but can I shake your hand because you've impacted my life? And it sounds so odd because yeah, we just sit here, whatever, make a video, upload it. They're just numbers on a screen, like a hundred thousand people, like nearly, nearly a quarter of a million people have watched my London Marathon videos. That's a lot of people. But it's just a number on the screen and you through social media and everything, you don't see what that how much impact that could actually have on someone until you're at an you're at an expo or I'm out on a run in London and someone's running up behind me and you can hear them panting and getting closer. Like, oh can you just can I just say something to you? And that's I guess how success looks because that's someone just wanting to tell you that you've had a yeah, you've had that little sort of impact on your life um and that doesn't have to be that it can be someone just sending you a dm someone people we get cards in the post i don't always know where they get our address from but we had some like eight-year-old i think about eight eight-year-old twin girls sent me a get well card with like they're drawn pictures of me out running oh that's incredible <laughs> that's yeah. the sweetest thing i've ever ever sort of received in the post um but yeah, just trying, I guess, trying to just leave the world a better place. That's all what we're all kind of really searching for it to some extent. And in previous life, when I'm just sort of in a, a mobile sales rep or something, getting people to spend their money, I was like, you're not really achieving much here. Like, you're just keeping some shareholders happy or whatever. But what we're doing now, I guess, kind of is trying to leave the world a little bit of a place. Some better runners out there, <laughs> if, that, if that's my impact, get a few more people out out there out there chair and running a little bit then that's then i'm happy with that that's that's kind of success for me wanting to leave the world in a better place i mean that's the way i sort of think about you know with my kids um you know you want to leave the world in a better place otherwise you know it's been selfish if you've just done nothing you could have done something yeah you could have done and that, whatever you yeah whatever you choose to do i don't, I don't have any children i'd probably be it's work even harder if i did um but yeah, when you can, you know, you can look down at your children and say, you know, I, I fought for this, I stood up for this, I did this, I did that. 
so you can have a better life and and the world's a better place and it's just about having that no regrets leaving no stone unturned whatever whatever cliche thing there is um and just yeah just trying to have a a very very small impact out there which is an incredibly difficult thing to do at times yeah yeah it's it's leaving yeah you said it's 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 definitely having a big impact on people and i think that's the most important thing and just thinking about like if you not you personally but you know if you're running and you had a like a a, you know work for yourself in another area or you work for someone else um you know you'd have things that you enjoy about life and things that you don't enjoy about life so going to you you know you've got you know you're running your your own business you're working for yourself and although some people must think, yeah, it's amazing all the time, and there's going to be some challenge, the times where it's not so glamorous, but you know, that's like it. You know, if that's it, that's like what's like in life, really. I mean, we're always going to have bits that we like and some bits that we don't like so much. Yeah. Um, you know, and last year you spoke about, um, I think around about the time of like the Berlin Marathon, um, having some particular challenges around that sort of time where the business was really growing, but you were kind of spending your your time was just getting stretched basically and there's a little bit less joy in the running um i mean how have you sort of managed sort of on one hand keeping the joy in running but then still like keep building your brand it is very challenging at, at times um but like i wouldn't i certainly wouldn't change it i think being self-employed um running your own sort of business and things although technically i am employed by my own business <laughs> um, but just yeah having that freedom that flexibility is something that allows me to do what i do um and not having to answer to a boss and that, that sort of thing which works for some people i don't knock people at all that have an employed job it's it's a great it's yeah fantastic but it got to a point with me where i just couldn't really carry on but then, yeah, uh, uh, the cost of that is obviously our life is now 100% running, like breakfast, lunch and dinner. Me and Sarah, my partner, who's also a very, very good runner in her own right, um, and a successful business that she's growing for herself as well. So, but yeah, it is all we talk about <laughs> from when we get up in the morning, when we dream at night or whatever, it's just, it is, it is a running. But at the same point we love it it might not be forever we might not do this forever we might go on to do something else i don't know but I, you can't really complain about that when i i find it so incredibly one of the biggest pet peeves i have in life is when i see people at the olympics and they're like all the sacrifices i've made to get here i'm like mate you're being paid a salary to run like how many people yeah. would would do anything for that or any sort of professional sport like all the footballers they're being paid millions of pounds a week to kick a football around and how can they moan about that like how can they be? And, and i just think like i'm incredibly lucky in the situation i'm in now that we can sell a few bits and pieces on the website sell a few plans and people will people will give me some money for that to enable me to run and then like you've got to be so incredibly grateful for that because it could go it could just stop in a, in a heartbeat so yeah we have challenges and there's lots of stuff to talk about all every day like everybody does but i can't moan about it because i'm running like i'm running <laughs> like it's just 
it's just yeah so I did moan a bit I might maybe I did moan a bit around Berlin Marathon because it was tough and the business was growing at a rate I just couldn't ever envisage at that time I just launched a new hat and we sold out in like a week and I thought I bought enough stock for the whole year so it was it was stressful and people were buying it wanting it it's just running a business it's stresses of running a business but that's moaning about I mean, you're moaning about success it's like how dare you and i completely agree with that so yeah we just get on with it and just think we're incredibly lucky to be living the life we're living at the moment so yeah, no, no complaints at all really i mean you've definitely worked hard to sort of build up what you've built and from the outside looking in people probably have like you can see the ideas of who they think you are you know, the coach, you know, um, the creator, um, the stuff they see on YouTube or Instagram or whatnot. And, you know, people sometimes have a, a preconceived idea about me in terms of like what they think I do, because I just focus on running. They just think that is my job. But as we've spoken today and I run, you know, you've, you've found out about my bit about my life and my day to day job and things that I do outside of social media. So, you know, it only shows one aspect of it, of a full yeah. life almost. Um, but when you look at yourself, obviously away from all that kind of stuff, I mean, who do you see looking back at you? A lot of people would look at me and think we kind of are living kind of like a perfect life sort of thing. And running just comes very easily and and everything's just kind of fallen into place. And you you just can't see the amount of hard work and grind that goes on behind the scenes to get to where you're going like to, to to whatever it is in life and like again everybody goes through those things whether you're whatever line of work you're in you have a lot of stresses and and whatever but I think sometimes when you put yourself out there in a social media world you kind of people just don't want to see what goes on behind the scenes I guess and um so yeah from an outside world looking in, and I try and share as much as I can but from an outside world looking in, it, it would probably look like everything is quite easy in a way yeah but it's yeah it's I obviously mean, i probably could ask the question a bit better basically when you sort of strip away running and just look at this sort of the core parts of your identity in terms of like you know you talked about grit um termination like what your friends would say who you know who don't know you just for the running side what they see what you sort of see um and i guess those elements do sort of combine the runner part of your identity but that's not all of you and that's the same for everyone no and it is hard in a way because like sometimes i find and, and this this it probably sounds quite bad but sometimes we go when you say we'll go to social situations that aren't anything to do with running like i went to my sister's wedding i've got no chat i've got unless someone wants to chat about running i've got nothing to talk about and that was really quite shocking at times. And when you would do family events and go into thing, other sort of things like that, you're like, there is more to life than running. There really is. And you, I don't really want to talk about politics or Brexit or whatever, all of that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, so that, that can be a bit of a shock at times when you do take yourself out the little bubble that you're living in. Um, but... Yeah, and then I feel quite at home. <laughs> See someone wearing a garment, and I'll, that'd be the person I'm going to graduate to at, at the social situation. Um, but yeah, we need to work on all of those sort of side of things a little bit more. 
I think we're all in a kind of same sort of boat, really, especially with COVID-19, with no races happening. We're all kind of having to kind of relook at maybe why we run and that running part of ident- our identity because, you know, we can't fully express it in racing. You know, you could do a cracking workout, but <laughs> you're almost annoyed that it's happening because you, you can't really sort of say, yeah, that's a race. Like I could do a PR, be like, well, that's not an official race. Yeah, so you have either, to look at like, kind of how annoying. does running define you? Because if it yeah. because suddenly you haven't got those markers to be able to put put, and I've seen plenty of people I know and some people I coach. It sounds a bit arrogant again, like in the best shape of their life. One lady in particular who could go out and run a two forty five marathon tomorrow, which is like properly good, and win pretty much any trail race she could enter. But I've got nothing for her to do, and so we're just like keeping things ticking over. And yeah, you've got to have kind of like, you know, evaluate what those goals are um, and, and what what you want to get out of your running. Because really, at the end of the day, if you're just going out, out every day just to, just to post a fast time, that's great. But you haven't really got any longevity in the sport, I don't think. And of course, there'll be people that will prove me wrong. But yeah, you've got to have, you've got to build build your why. And that comes from running, just spending a lot of time in the sport, really. And finding what yeah. yeah what it means to you. What advice would you give to your younger self if you were having a conversation with them right now? <laughs> how how young I suppose. Um, I just think what I've learned through life is that like there's no such thing as mistakes. Really, I've made loads of mistakes in life. And at the time, it seemed like my whole world was falling apart. But from every one, I've sat down, learned from it. And they're just opportunities to learn. And I always say, when people get like injured in their running, it's an opportunity to learn about your body, learn how it works, fix it, not do it again. Like through bad things happening, they're just great opportunities, as I say, yeah, to, to learn about things. So, yeah, mistakes can be bad but don't dwell on it just think and I used to really dwell on it get really like stir things up and go crazy but as I've gone through life I really sort of thought how are we going to turn this into a positive how are we going to learn from this how are we going to get better at doing this thing and maybe that maybe that thing isn't an issue anymore we'll just park it and go on and do something else so something along those lines anyway (laughs) I don't really know yeah it's just like, I guess, you know, many can relate to it. It's just like the time that you sort of realise that it's not quite a step back, but it's a step up. Um, but at the time, you know, when you're younger, it feels like, you know, there are no setups. It's just all setbacks. Yeah. And we like you get knocked back in life so much. And people, mm. you know, where whatever it is in life, you get, you get, you get knocked back all, all the time. I was a salesperson, not cold calling for quite a lot of my life just knocking on people's doors you get rejected all day long like but you get stronger from that you learn you improve your pattern you improve what you're saying to people and and yeah things come out you know come out for that you've got to of yeah pick yourself up again um as and yeah through that then then you can really learn and become a better better person better runner sort of thing yeah absolutely and what is one non-negotiable behavior that you do daily now, I've heard you ask this to some other people. Um, uh, 
And I, I, I was thinking about this this afternoon. And honestly, I can say there is nothing that I do on a daily basis that is like always on a daily basis because I do so much of my life is just on feel and instinct. And that's probably not great with what I've just said about having structure and everything. But I don't, most of it gets planned out when I get up in the morning for what I want to do that day. Like I've never really kind of followed a plan for my training. I'm, we sell a lot of training plans, but in my own training, I have sort of workouts that I build and put a basic structure in place. And then do you just kind of have to fit that around your life? And so yeah, I don't really have anything that I could definitely say I did every single day because I just go on what I feel like doing that day. Yeah. I could say like I drink a glass of orange juice every day and I definitely do that yeah. every day. So if it's something yeah. as something as, as, as silly as that. Um, yeah. I drink a lot of orange juice. I never really talk about the amount of orange juice I drink. <laughs> uh, so I don't get ill. And I, uh, yeah, like bombard my, my system with vitamin C. So I don't get ill. Ben, it's been uh, good talking to you. I think we've uh, covered a lot of things. It's good to get like a, a good gauge of your mindset. And I think a lot of people can relate to, you know, the things that you're saying. Um, final question. Where can people follow your journey online? Um, well, yeah, as we chatted quite a lot, so on YouTube, um, I guess it's like youtube.com forward slash Ben Parks, um, and then Instagram at Ben Parks as well, and Strava is kind of like my, my fake, we haven't really talked about Strava today, um, Strava is kind of my preferred social network of choice, if you call it a social network, I suppose it definitely is, um, and yeah, just, I guess, type in Ben Parks and it should come up, um, and there, and always really yeah encourage anyone to get in touch or email or the website benparks.com and if you want to have a chat ask some questions interact engage whatever i'm always here to to help out as much as i can with anybody's journey really love meeting new people and yeah learning learning more great stuff ben thanks for being a guest on a runner's life podcast yeah thanks for i must say obviously uh, thanks for very much for having me on and and introducing me to, to your audience um which is yeah i really 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 appreciate you taking the time to to get in touch and yeah meeting you properly and hopefully we will well we definitely will meet again in the future on a start line at a race um or just out for a, a nice easy run in the forest again which would be really nice to do at some point yeah so no it's a lot of fun really much. thank you and, and yeah same to you mate Thank you for listening to this episode of Runner's Life. If you found value in this episode and want to support the show, please share with your community, post on your social media channels and encourage them to listen and subscribe. If you want to support my work directly, you can become a member on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a runner's life. If you want to get in touch with me or see what I'm up to, you can follow me on my Instagram page at themarathonmarcus. Your time is valuable, so thank you for spending your time listening to this episode of a Runner's Life podcast.